This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Manira Zahabi, author, influencer, and John Maxwell team speaker, trainer, and coach. She's also the founder of The Niche Navigation, who helps others find their niche in life. Join me as Manira takes us on her personal journey, and you'll be inspired to create your own niche and become an everyday leader that is changing the world. Start your personal growth journey today, where you can learn how to be an everyday leader in your life. Go to everydayleaders.com. Register for personal growth and development classes so you can develop your own strategies to be a leader in your life. If you're ready for one-on-one accountability, I will walk beside you as your personal coach to help you gain clarity and perspective to lead your life and career as an everyday leader. If you're ready to develop your spiritual growth, you can gather with us for the Everyday Leaders Leadership Devotionals. We meet every day at 7.30 a.m. And we apply these leadership lessons and values to our everyday lives. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader that can change the world. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, Manira Zahabi. I am so excited you're on Everyday Leaders. Thank you for joining us tonight. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, this has been a long time coming, girl. We met each other at the first day at the John Maxwell certification. And I remember so vividly, I walked into this breakfast room the very first day and I didn't know anybody, and you looked over to me and you said, join us for breakfast. Come on, come over here. And so I did, and we became fast friends, and it's just been a wonderful, wonderful journey. So I love that you're in my life, and so thank you for coming on and sharing your perspectives tonight. You are welcome. You know, that's that was an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> I know, it was. But you know, sometimes... That's a great leadership lesson. You know, when you are moved to do something, when you feel like that's a connection that you need to make, you just need to step into it. And you did. And I'm so grateful for for that to happen because uh, we have developed so many um, inner circle friendships and have just kind of been on this journey together for the last few years. And without you, my life would have been a lot different. So uh, that was a big impact of, you know, following your gut and saying, I'm going to step into this and then to see what happens. Thank you for saying that. But you know what? I, I, I can hear the same thoughts because if you hadn't stepped into my life, we wouldn't have started this journey together, right? <laughs> I mean, we would have been sitting on different tables with so many other people and not having had our 
paths crossed, but we also did leadership on the lake because our paths crossed. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> so, right. Well, you know, what's kind of cool about this is a lot of people don't really know the behind the scenes John Maxwell journey, but right now they are starting the certification for 2020 virtually for the one of the first times uh, that they've had to do this because of all the COVID-19. And so, you know, really celebrate the ability to connect with people like we were, because right now we wouldn't have had that same experience. And, uh, and so that would have been a missed opportunity. And, and so the things that you've created in your life, Manera, that I really want to take people through the leadership lessons because uh, it, our listeners love to hear about strategies and overcoming obstacles. And I think one of the things that I've seen you just blossom into is your own niche, your own brand. Uh, and so for people that are following you, you know, the niche navigator, and you're, you're an author now, you are a trainer, you're a speaker, you do so many amazing things. And we're actually going to be at a conference together in October, speaking on the same stage. Yes, I'm excited about that. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for recognizing me that way. You know, when we when we when i first embarked on this journey i never knew what it would entail but john maxwell's leadership program has opened up so many doors and you know we always think about leadership as somebody leading us we never look at it from our own perspective mm-hmm. because we never look at us leading somebody else it's so important. And, and there's so many, many things that you have done over the past year. And I just want to recognize that because, you know, you have gone through a really tough journey, Manera. You are, um, you know, a widow now, had lost your husband. And so it's really difficult when we have lost people through COVID-19. And you are still grieving through this process and still leading your business and still leading your family and the blessings of grandchildren and and so all of those things you're experiencing this emotional roller coaster up and down how are you staying intentional that's a great word that we love to use in leadership but how are you staying intentionally focused on all the things and trying to push the noise out well thank you for the sympathies uh, my husband didn't pass away from um, covid but he passed away because he had other health complications pre-COVID. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's amazing that this journey has taken me through that whole thing because for two years I had stopped my whole business and working on my business to help him and care for him and take care of him. And when I look at my journey now, I there's nobody there. I feel quite alone. Yes, my kids are grown. My grandkids are my, you know, they're the apples of my eye. But I have to look at it as I'm going to take this journey, this path alone, because I just have to. I don't want other people to push me along. I mean, I want people to push me along, but I don't want them to hold my hand and take me there because this is my journey and my journey alone. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm (laughs) a little bit emotional here, Mm -hmm. but you have to keep your path in perspective. It's like somebody, you know, driving, driving in, in the rain, you have to have your headlights on and you have to have your wipers on 
you have to know where you're going because if you stop in the middle of the road, you could get into a bad fatal accident. Mm-hmm. You know, so one, sometimes you just have to pull over and take a deep breath, but know your destination. And I'm not saying everybody should know their destination because most people don't know where they're going and roads open up for them. But you know what? If you're in the car and you're driving in the rain, have your wipers on and just go because you never know what path, which path is going to take you where. Mm -hmm. And you are such an example of that, always stepping up and and just looking ahead. and, And like it's right in front of you. I say that all the time. It's right in front of you. But many times we hesitate, whether it's fear or the unknown or, you know, I, I don't know, I don't have the confidence that I can do that or I've not gone that way before. But you have consistently set that example and, and just raised the bar for all of us to say, you know what, Manira just does it. And so when we follow you, we say, we're so proud of your journey because it is not easy. And now you're doing it, you know, not, I don't want to say alone, but you're doing it intentionally to try to add value to people. You're trying to, again, build people's niche so that they can learn how to do what you're doing and what you've learned. And it is difficult. Entrepreneurship (laughs) is not an easy path. And, And so you have to have some of these characteristics that you display to be able to be successful in this. And so that's, that's really, yeah. Entrepreneurship is not easy. You know, it comes with its perks, but at the end of the road, right? And it's funny because most people think they look at Tony Robbins, they look at people like um, Les Brown and they say, oh, you know what? They're making multi-million dollars, but no, you haven't seen what path they had to take to get there. The, the, the whole thing is, are you aware that first you have to make a change? You know, everybody is a leader, everybody, because if somebody is following you, if you're a mother, your children are following you. If you're a father, your children are following you. If you are an aunt, somebody's following you. So you are a leader. What examples are you setting for them? That's the first thing. So becoming aware, you know, is the most important thing in anybody's life. So many times I hear people saying, I want to change in my life. I want to do this, you know, which is funny because when I first came to America, I kept hearing the term, um, you have to think outside the box. And I often used to think, which box? (laughs) What what am I looking at? And I'm a very literal person and I couldn't understand the box. But then I started thinking, if I'm just thinking about the box, then I'm never going to do about it. I just need to push the box away and say, I'm, I'm done with this box. I'm going to go into another one. And that's what you do. You just, you know, start thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what? First of all, there's no box. If you're, think, if you're listening to this, there's no box. So just think and do because initiating, implementing, and then executing are the, the first three steps of anything that you're going to do. And you've used that, and I want to go way back, because you weren't born in America, and you have been married before, and that story is 
unbelievably interesting for people that don't know you. I would love for you to take us back to when you decided to come over to America and kind of that journey, the trade-off that you had to make. Oh, where do I start? <laughs> I know it's a lot, but it's, you know, it just shows your character, Manira. So I lost my mother at 12. And within eight months, my father remarried. He married another woman. And her agenda was to split us up. My mother had three kids, two brothers. I have two brothers, one older, one younger. And her whole, my new stepmother's whole agenda was to split us up. And she did. She was very successful because she brainwashed my younger brother. He was eight. And my older brother, who was 16, he wanted to do something with his life. And because we were very young, we didn't understand life. I was 15 when I was married off uh, to a man who was, you know, 15 years older than me and into another country. So I was born in Nairobi, Kenya. And then I was married into Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, which is a neighboring country. The culture is different. The language, although similar, is different. Context, right? And it's just so, I I had to live with a family, a joint family where I had sisters-in-law and brothers-in-law, all of them older to me. And I had the responsibility of taking care of everybody. And my, uh, my job was to produce a son. And my older brother-in-law had three daughters and his wife couldn't have any more babies. So the job fell on me because my younger brother-in-law did not want to get married. In all of that, you know, before um, I got married, <clears throat> excuse me, my my father's friend in the UK, a business colleague of his, had given him the word that if he would give me, if my father would give me to his friend, as an adopted daughter, not like disown me or anything, but, you know, have me come over. He would pay for my education to go to Cambridge University to study law. And I missed that boat because I got married. Mm -hmm. And I always felt that there was something I had to do that was really great, but I didn't know how to do it. And then America had a DV1 program where Bill Clinton, I think, had signed or president before him. And they were allowing immigrants from other countries to come into America. And I was working as a teacher and I had a typewriter and they had a protocol of how to apply to this you know, to this DB1 visa program. And I stayed up till three o'clock in the morning. I filled out our forms and I filled out my friend's forms and I mailed them. Never thought I would get in. But eight months later, I got, I received a letter saying that you have been chosen to receive, but you had certain things to do before you could get the visa. Mm -hmm. So I had to find a sponsor. I had to find the money to show them that I would not be a ward of the state. I had to find, you know, and then people told me that you, there's six of you. I had four children, my husband and I, Mm -hmm. there's six of you and nobody ever is going to sponsor you. Mm -hmm. But you know, God opens up doors when there is intentionality, like you said, right? Mm -hmm. There was a man, a businessman in Dallas, Texas, and another one in Bakersfield, California, who 
just sent over their tax returns documents, which I didn't know what they were at the time. And the government took those and gave me a visa. The day I got the visa, there was eight families that were there and all of them were rejected except for us. Wow. And, you know, it was like things were being put in place, you know, as I sit there here now and I think about it, it was just a journey that was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I came to America and a lot of things, you know, I could write a book about that. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that, right? <laughs> so many cultural things like think outside the box and elbow grease. And, you know, I mean, that's a funny story, too. But all of these concoctions in American colloquialisms that I didn't know about, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you had to learn. And learning has always been a part of my journey because ever since my mother passed away, I have been on that path because I had to learn how to, you know, take care of the house. I had to take care of my in-laws. I had to be on a budget and take care of my, my kids in America, you know? So everything every day was a learning experience. So, you know, and then my husband and I, you know, separated and we divorced and, you know, I was alone. I, I had a corporate America job. You know, I was in the pharma world. I was doing so well. And then I found, I met my husband, my late husband. And, you know, um, I married him and I came to Chicago. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the rest is history because I didn't know he was sick. So I had, you know, in the process of marrying this one, I had also buried the first husband because he was sick too. And so within a decade, I have been, I've buried all both my husbands and I'm saying never again. But that too is an experience. You know, there's so many things that people have to learn, you know, when you lose a spouse and, you know, figuring out your path. But one thing, you know, I have now realized is all of the things that I have followed through in my life, you know, learning how to budget, learning how to be a teacher, learning how to be a leader for my kids, a parent to my kids, uh, you know, just all of those things that were putting in put in my place, you know, the fact that I was also teaching the pharmacy tech program in Bakersfield, the fact that I had led teams and built teams in my corporate jobs, it allowed me to gain the skills to do what I am doing today. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you were challenged your whole life. You know, when you think about being raised in a culture, and I, and I challenge every person that's listening to this that has never been outside of the country or has never known anyone that has gone through this experience like you, you know, your life was kind of already pre-planned, if you will, because of how you were born into your country. And so with your mother passing away, and kind of the intention is you will get married and this is who you will marry. And so that's so different for a lot of other cultures. And so you experienced that and then you were able to be free of that and find a way and find a path to make your life better. All intentional living to say, there's more for me. There is something different that I need to experience. And so you constantly push yourself. And, you know, I'm sure... All of these, looking back, you know, you make those trade-offs. But at the time, I want you to talk about, you know, were there fears that you had? Uh, and then what if, you know, if it doesn't work, 
what was your plan B? Did you have a plan B? <laughs> now I'm the queen of plan B, C, and D. <laughs> but no, no, there was no plan B. Mm-hmm. When I first made the decision to leave Tanzania and come to America, my husband was very, very against it. He was like, I don't know why you want to go there. We are so happy here. Well, we weren't. We were still hand to mouth and we had four kids. You know, I said, I don't know what, where I'm going, but I'm going to go from here because I am done taking care of everybody else. I need to take care of me. And along that time, you know, this was 15 years into my marriage. I had made up my mind in the eighth year that either I would going to commit suicide and I had tried three times or I'm going to live for my kids. And the third time when I was sitting there just just crying, I looked at my kids and my daughter at that time was four years old. And I, I looked at her and I said, what would happen to them? Because I didn't have parents. I didn't have any support in my in-laws house. So they didn't care about these kids. And I said, I am the only idiot that takes care of these kids. So if I die, what's going to happen to them? Either I take them with me, which is a sin, or I live and I fight. Mm-hmm. And I made that fight or flight decision right there and there. And I have never looked back because my kids have always been my why Mm -hmm. they've always been the support that I need and now you know they're all adults they're awesome and it's the one decision that I where I am so proud of that I look at them and I my heart swells with pride that I did the right thing well and think about this is a great concept for people to think about as they hear your story and you know we study so much about servant leadership and servant leadership is is just simply adding value to other people, thinking of other people first, showing up for other people. And that's what you do, Manira. That's what your character is. That's who you are. It's not who you've become. It's who you've always been. And and so that's what I just love about hearing, again, your story and being able to celebrate you for that because it's really important that we look at ourselves. And there's a great book that you and I have studied since... March 22nd, 2017. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know which one you're alluding to. <laughs> yes, the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. People that have listened to this program know that I talk about this because I teach it still every week. And it's so important because the lesson that we learn in Chapter 3 is this law of the mirror. And it talks about how we believe our own value is, is then how we show up for other people. And And so once you learn this, it's really kind of one of those concepts that you go, well, that's kind of easy. But when you try to practice it, it's really hard because you you understand you have all this baggage and how you show up is how you see yourself. And gosh, that's a mirror. (laughs) And so it is the law of the mirror, but it is, is really being vulnerable to the fact that how do you really want to add value to the world and just be authentic and raw? And be able to really understand your own motivations and the own vibrations that you give off, because that is really important. Going back to awareness that you talked about earlier, if we don't follow this process, you know, we don't grow as people and we stay stuck in that same pattern of regret and disappointment and fear. And we never 
ever really live our life to our potential. And, and so that's, you know, that's kind of what we're all about is encouraging people to grow. You know, I love the law of the mirror and I teach it to high school students because they always, there's a, there's a group of students that are from minority neighborhoods and they have an after school program and they ask me sometimes to just come and talk to them. And there's always people who ask me, how do you pick your friends? And I always ask them, would you be your own friend? Mm -hmm. And that's a deep subject for somebody who is, you know, just a teenager, but they realize it. And I talk about the the movie I love, uh, the, the, the movie I bring to for them to relate to is Kung Fu Panda. Because <laughs> he didn't see, you know, the panda didn't see his value at all. He just thought that everything was a game. Mm-hmm. And that's what people in, in actually people do in life is that they just live their life, don't see the value in what they are doing, and they just keep going. The thing is, if you value yourself, people, you know, I'll tell you one thing, Melanie, all these years, even when I was in the pharma world, there were people and the pharmacists and the team that I worked with were awesome. And they would always tell me, hey, you're beautiful. And I would like, are you kidding me? Uh, They would say, oh, you know, you're so smart. And I would say, are you kidding me? Because I never understood what they saw in me until I understood that I needed to look at myself in the mirror, literally, and understand what I have done. Because when I tell, told people my story f- before, they would tell me I was strong and, you know, the way you celebrated me, they would tell me most of the things, but I would never see what they were seeing. And I thought, this is just life. But then when I realized that, I had done things that nobody else, other people have done. And I am in a boat that nobody else was in. Then, yes, I have done some amazing things. Yes, there are many, many single women in America who are single mothers as well. But they didn't have to go through the stepmother issue or the, you know, the um the family, the, the joint family issue or anything else. So that makes me unique because this is my story. And until I realized the value that I had, I didn't realize what other people were seeing. Mm-hmm. So when you talk of the law of the mirror, that's what it is all about. It's like value yourself, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, even if you hear or see or learn something new, different, value that because today I learned this and I am capable of learning this. Mm -hmm. Well, what I love about that, Manira, is I think about the strategies, right? For people, when you get up and, and you think about this law, it's the mirror that you see every morning when you're getting ready. So if it takes you to put positive messages on the mirror, get a post-it pad and put three things about yourself, three things that you're your spouse or your partner tells you about yourself that they love about you, put that on the mirror. And when you get up, say those three things. You know, we always practice in leadership coaching, the I am statements. So if it's, I am beautiful, I am smart, I am determined, I am courageous, I am brave, all of those things, putting those things on the mirror and telling yourself that very first when you get up, because that's what makes your day. And that's what starts 
you know, the momentum for that positive attitude. So no matter what happens to you, you carry that with you all day long. You know, that's very awesome because I didn't do that for a long time. I didn't do that until I started the journey with John Maxwell. And I realized that everybody was saying, you know, positive affirmations. So I had to go look up what for positive affirmations was. And I think I spoke to one of the JMTers and they said, just put a note there. And I put a note there and said, I am learning. I am on a path and I can do this. Those three things were just amazing because it was a breakthrough. It, it you know, it allows you to feel empowered. And those were my my three things, you know, you said you, you said a few also. But the thing is, what empowers you? Mm-hmm. How can you empower yourself? Mm-hmm. And and what so thinking about your own story, right? It's going back to what is your own story and what has made you feel fear? And then what has helped you overcome that fear? So this show is all about overcoming obstacles. And so I love that because you know, what you talk about is the things that how many other people could be in your situation. Now, I know a lot of the times we say, well, you wouldn't know because you didn't know what was coming. So you didn't know what to expect. You just lived in that moment. But looking back, you realize how strong you were and how that consistency in your attitude has built your character. And that's what you have to be and celebrate. And that's what we really are talking about in leadership is understanding how to reflect to know what your own strengths and your own story are so that gives you confidence and what a great message to people as they come out of this COVID-19 you know maybe by 2021 (laughs) if we can ever get out of it but a lot of people haven't um, maybe not reflected properly and so they're just kind of living they're just existing trying to take care of their kids and their elderly parents and trying to go to the grocery store and make dinners and get a new schedule but really, have they stopped back and reflected on how strong they've been through this? That's, you know, that's an awesome point. Most people don't think like that. They are like, oh, if this is over. And the thing is, maybe this is the new normal. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you look back at history, Spanish flu took three years to finish. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen here. But what if this is the new normal? And if this is the new normal, which is which it is because everybody's on Zoom and everybody has so many calls these days, what can you do for yourself to grow? Mm-hmm. Take this opportunity to grow, to reflect, like, you know, like Melanie said, is to read some books, you know, to just... Take a moment for yourself, because I think we were, if I can share my own views, I think we were in a go, 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 go world that God said, okay, if this is a COVID thing, let's just put some brakes on and all of you take a break. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Mm -hmm. this is what he's trying to tell us, but that's just (laughs) my my interpretation. (laughs) Oh, Manira, you are such a wise woman. I want to, I want to really thank you for coming on and sharing tonight because, uh, you know, I knew immediately when I saw you and your sparkle in your eyes and you were like, come have breakfast with us. Uh, it would start this friendship, this eternal friendship. And so I really appreciate you. And I've just really enjoyed your stories and, and 
giving people an understanding to step into what your world looks like and have some empathy, you know, for other people and how you really show up in the world. It's really, really critical. Um, I want people to be able to connect to you. How, what's the best way for people to find you? Well, there's only one manier as a hobby in the world. So if you Google me, I show up. Or you can go to the nichenavigator.com and that's my webpage. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we will definitely guide people there. When this releases, we'll be promoting this like crazy. And I really encourage people to connect to you, find out what's going on. You've got some fabulous interviews with leaders all over the world. You're right here in the Midwest in Chicagoland. And so it's really great to have your energy and your spirit. And we just wish you the best, Manira. Thank you so much, Melanie. It was a pleasure and an honor to be on your show. Thank you. And everyone, do what Manera does. Just build your character because this is the way that you can be an everyday leader in your life and you can change the world. This has been a Joe Studios production.